Hello, I'm Hilary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. I'm here today with former White House CIO and top cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton. Welcome, Teresa. It's great to have you with us today. Oh, it's always great to be with you, Hillary. Yes. So, Teresa, we're here today to talk about a story that's been in the news for a bit but it's really starting to heat up. So there are many lawsuits against third-party marketing tracking and customer listening services. So as examples, think Meta's Facebook Pixel or Google Analytics. And these lawsuits are alleging that these services have violated the Federal Video Privacy Protection Act as these products are allegedly tracking subscriber data without consent. So To start off, Teresa, do you want to take us further through the many facets of this story and how it developed? Yes, I do. And it's really challenging for, I think, everyone involved. And so if we take a step back, any organization, nonprofit, any for-profit company, if you have an internet website, if you have a mobile app, And those are the ways that your customers and even your third-party vendors engage and transact business, do research, and really communicate with you. You're most likely doing something called customer listening. You're looking for pages on your website or your mobile app that customers abandon and you're not sure why or places that everybody seems to go visit and places that people abandon quickly. So customer listening is an essential part of that particular delivery channel. In addition, you may be trying to reach an underserved, underrepresented population and really aggressively trying to get in touch with them, to market to them, to show them that you have services with them. You may also be trying to reach very specific demographics that are your target, your niche customers that you want to reach. And chances are, if you're reaching either one of those groups, you're probably using a third-party marketing firm. You're probably doing advertising campaigns. And when you do that, you start to complicate your supply chain of how you engage and how you do that. And well-meaning organizations such as nonprofits and for-profit companies work with well-meaning companies that do the customer listening and third-party tracking And just like the early days of the cloud, Hillary, when people were doing their migrations to the cloud and saying, well, the cloud is secure and not realizing there's some fine tuning that the company or the nonprofit organization has to do to make sure that from a security and privacy standpoint, all the configurations are set right. And the same thing on the cloud side, they had to take on more responsibility for, you know, tenancy and firewalls between different tenants on the cloud we're sort of in the early stages of how the complexity of this plays out in practice. Customer listening has been around a long time. Third-party marketing has been around a long time. But it's really been accelerated sort of post-pandemic time as the pandemic becomes more in the rearview mirror and less in our front windshield. It's certainly still around, but we've accelerated the move to the internet and smartphones as a way to communicate. And in effect, We've made more complexity in our supply chain, and now that's creating these issues. Okay, great. Yeah, you answered a couple of my next questions. I was thinking, you know, like, are these platforms not secured? But it sounds like it's kind of just there's no one directly to blame. They're trying to secure them, but there's some vulnerabilities there just by nature of how these things work. So I guess, can you take us through that? Like, what's that risk here? And I guess in addition to that, like, how is this impacting user and consumer privacy? 
I have two concerns when I read the different lawsuits, the class action lawsuits that have been filed. And they've been filed against, at this point, you know, the entertainment industry, sports industry, and some healthcare organizations. And even Senator Warner has been sending letters out trying to understand how this works and the impact. And there's really two big buckets of impact that I see. One is from a privacy perspective. I have reason after I read your privacy statement on your website to assume that you're living up to your end of the agreement on the privacy policy that you publish on your website. And if for some reason, without getting my consent, you start to pass along my information that I trusted to you, then that is against your privacy policy. There's international laws, there's national laws, um, you know, and state-based laws that are in effect there, but there's also a trust issue. There's a reputation issue between me as an individual who read your privacy policy and you as an organization who might not even know you're suddenly in violation of it, trying to do the right thing with customer listening and your marketing campaigns. The second issue that I think about is if there is this clunky handoff that is unseen, that means it's unmonitored. And if I don't have line of sight to data, I cannot protect and secure it. No matter how sophisticated an organization's security strategy is, if you don't have line of sight to the data, chances are you're not going to be able to protect it. And so the next thing that I think about is sophisticated cybercriminal syndicates who are looking for opportunities where they can find on both internet web pages, but also on mobile apps, this opportunity to do sort of the man in the middle attacks, things like SQL injections to actually take advantage of the fact that data is leaking that shouldn't be leaking and sort of going in between the organization and the customer and that third-party marketing and customer listening firm and just scraping off the data that they want. This is potentially very serious depending on what that website had the customer doing in the moment that it engaged the third-party listening or marketing. So Teresa, with that, you know, you mentioned cyber criminal syndicates and different, you know, attack vectors that could be at stake here, but have there been any breaches that have taken place as a result of these services? The privacy breaches, yes, as far as passing data, you shouldn't be passing. So for example, in the proactive work that we've done, as well as the reactive work that we've done, we've seen multiple organizations, third-party marketing campaigns they end up sending customer data such as payment data, which is PCI, PII, personally identifiable information, which by the way, what constitutes PII based on state or country can change. For example, states like California say email address could potentially be considered PII. There's of course HIPAA, things like your real cell phone number, email addresses, IP addresses that are going from companies' websites and being passed to these third-party marketing firms that are behind the scenes and some of the products that those third-party marketing firms choose to implement. So things like, it could be, you know, sort of everyday household names like LinkedIn or Google, the Google Analytics platform. It could be Meta because of Metapixel. Not picking on those companies, but it's based on configurations doing sort of a thorough review of what's being implemented and ensuring the wrong data doesn't pass over. As it relates to a cyber criminal syndicate taking advantage of these leaks, I am not aware of any at this point in time, but that doesn't mean it won't happen in the future or perhaps it's happened and people did not realize 
from an incident response and forensic standpoint at this point that that's where they were able to get the data. And so we're transitioning into the heaviest shopping season of the year. And I know that I personally, I don't even really like going to stores anymore. (laughs) I do everything online or on a mobile app. And I'm sure I'm not alone in that, especially with, you know, the pandemic and everything, just the habits we've created. So I guess that tells me, and I'm sure you, that there's going to be more customer listening now than ever as we head into that season. So tell us about like what's up ahead there. And then is there anything that retailers or other services can do to try to help their customers' data and privacy? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this question. I mean, this is the time of year this has to be looked at. And I know technology, marketing, cybersecurity, privacy teams are stretched way too thin, maybe even to the breaking point. But this is really important, especially as we lead up to Black Friday. Even if you're not a retail company who's going to be thinking about why are customers abandoning their shopping carts and how do we make sure they actually check out and buy the things in the shopping carts? By the way, Hillary, guilty as charged. Sometimes my shopping cart is just a huge wish list. (laughs) But, you know, as companies, again, during this pandemic and responding to new customer behaviors and preferences and patterns and realizing, you know, people may not want to go in to the stores or they may not want to go into the brick and mortar branches for money, or they might be planning their travel vacations. Sort of this automation of, hey, I just want to serve myself and do it on my time, not when your call center is open, not when your brick and mortar is open. So it won't just be retailers who are going to accelerate having customer listening programs and third-party marketing and ad tracking programs, it's going to potentially be everybody who wants to make sure they're taking care of their customers the right way during this holiday season. And so with that, I want to make sure that all organizations understand this is not just because your industry hasn't been named in a class action lawsuit doesn't mean you don't have this hidden problem. Anyone could potentially have this hidden problem. And the good news is, is there is a good way to look for this. So you can take your technology team, or if you've got an internal red team, if you've got an internal enterprise architecture team, and you can ask them to take steps right now to go through and enumerate all of your web pages that are customer facing and enumerate all of the pages and sub pages within your mobile smartphone apps and look at where trackers are deployed. You need to look for not just they've been deployed, but also sometimes there's hidden hard coding within the code itself that calls out to these third-party trackers. Now, once you see those marketing campaigns and customer listening campaigns, you're going to need to go to your quality assurance or test environment, or you're going to need to go to production and fire up each one of those, use a test account, create legitimate looking test accounts. You don't want to use real customer accounts for this or your own personal account and fire those up and look to see what information starts to show up in the headers. I know that so many teams are so stretched thin. And so one of the things that we've done based on all of the proactive and reactive situations that we've worked over the last year and a half, we've actually developed a tool that if somebody says, look, I raise my hand, I want to do this. I just don't know how to get started. And I certainly don't have enough resources We've actually created a process. We can run the tool. It depends on how many pages you have. We can run the tool and then give some advice. It's not a huge lift typically on the part of the organization. And if you don't have the right people to fix it 
we have people experience with, this is how you can still run the tool while you turn off these features and functions from compromising customer privacy and putting them at risk of security issues and putting you at risk of running afoul of the law. Excellent. And so I guess, Teresa, my last question to you as always is any final thoughts or uh, final advice that you'd like to give listeners on this topic? Well, something to think about as well is all of these third parties that you could be using for tracking, for the ads, for the customer listening. One thing you can do, again, just to get simplicity around this issue is you could send them all a letter, you know, get your internal counsel to help you with it or your privacy officer, risk officer, and say, we've read these different lawsuits um, in the paper and we would just like you to self-attest that you thought through the configurations of what we're responsible for protecting and that in your implementation that you helped us assured that we were maintaining our privacy policy that we committed to, and that we are not running afoul of any privacy laws or of any cybersecurity best practices. And so what you could do to get this process started is to have that letter sent to each one of your third-party vendors and ask them to self-attest those basic questions. That can at least get a conversation started while you're trying to figure out, is this the right time of year for me to be digging into all of my production, web pages, my apps, and getting a handle on this. So I always like to give people sort of a, if you're thinking about crawl, walk, run, you could always start with the vendors first. And then sort of in the walk mode, you can look at all of the different pages yourself. In sort of a run mode, you could remediate and fix all those issues. Or if you need help, certainly Fortalis is here as a sounding board for the industry. And if you need extra help, we'll certainly be here if you need it. Fantastic. Well, Teresa, as always, such a pleasure speaking with you. And thank you so much for taking the time to join me and talk about this today. I'm sure that our audience appreciated this episode and they always love listening to you. So thank you. Well, Hillary, thanks for allowing me to sort of give a deep dive. And again, nobody here is to blame that these issues are happening. Everyone is well-intended. And so I just, you know, kind of want to make sure the word gets out to marketing, information security, privacy, just take a double look at your implementations. I certainly don't want you to be a victim either of a cybersecurity event or a victim of having to be named in a class action suit. I'd like to help everybody do a great job in their customer listening, in their marketing ads to reach more customers and be a great ongoing concern. And so just please, please, do yourself and your customers a service. Just double check all of this. And in the end, I hope that this was helpful to everybody, Hillary, and be healthy, be safe, be well. Perfect. Thank you, Teresa. I'm Hillary McClure, Vice President of Multimedia Productions at Cybercrime Magazine. Joining us today was former White House CIO and top cybersecurity expert, Teresa Payton. And to learn more about Fortalis, visit FortalisSolutions.com. And you can keep up with all of our media at CybercrimeMagazine.com.